Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today's going to be a good day. Oh, I can feel it, Pastor Matt. God's got some things in store. God's got some things He's looking to to unlock today. Oh, it's going to be a good day. Listen, before we jump in, I want to give honor where honor's due. Can you guys give honor with me to our incredible campus pastors? Listen, these two, you guys... You don't, even, you don't even know what you have sometimes. When I was young, sometimes I didn't know what I had. What we have right here are leaders that are invested, that are committed, that are dedicated to you and your advancement. They're dedicated to you and your breakthrough. You know how I know that? Because they're committed to me and my breakthrough, my advancement. Can you guys give honor to the Tuggles? I love you both. Thank you. And hey, listen. Forrest Gump said, I might not be a smart man, but I'm smart enough to know that if I stand up here and I don't give honor to my beautiful wife, I love you. My biggest cheerleader, just an incredible wife, phenomenal mom, I love you. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for you. Hey, how about that worship team, huh? Come on, you guys can do better than that. Come on, let's go. Amazing job. Gabe Thielen hanging out in there. I see you. I see you. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. We're going to get into it this morning. Listen, I'm excited. It's Connect Sunday. Let's go. Listen, some of you are excited with me, and that's cool. Some of you are not. That's fine. You just don't understand yet. And that's okay. We're going to get to it. But it's going to be a good day in the house. Listen, as we, as we lean in, to what God's building here at Awaken. I wanna talk this morning about leveling up our living, okay? I wanna talk about the, the invitation for you and for me to level up our lives and the, the upward call of God, okay? And, and quick show of hands, just to, to make sure I know who I'm speaking to. How many of you in the room are committed to living the absolute best life that you possibly can? About a quarter of you. We'll work through it. It's okay. I'm here for the long haul. We're going to get there. But listen, you stuck it to the devil already. You made it to church on a Sunday. You're off to a great start. But how many of you know that the plans and purposes of God for our lives are going to require us to keep leveling up, right? One One of the primary ways that we do that is by figuring out our circles, figuring out the circles of people that we do life with. And so with it being Connect Sunday, I want to challenge you this morning, not just to do life in community, but we'll get to that. But I want to challenge you this morning to do life with people that, that inspire you or perhaps even require you to level up. 
people that require you to level up. So about 10 years ago, Ruth and I, uh, we had no kids at that point. That was a good time. <laughs> so, if you know, you know. So we, we headed off into the Rockies. We were living in Colorado at that time. And we were, you know, epic hiking and camping and the whole deal just to kind of explore. And at the end of a day, end of the day after, you know, scenic waterfalls, beautiful mountainside, epic hikes, we settled down for the night. And Pastor Alex, you can imagine, right? You're sitting there, you know, the cool breeze of the evening. You've got the warmth coming off of the campfire, right? Stars lighting up the sky because there's nothing else around. And there's no other people. It is you know, if I'd, realized, if I'd been smarter, I would have realized it was romantic. But I didn't. So I said to my wife, I said, listen, we're a lot like this campfire. She said, huh? I said, listen, if, we, if, I, if I separate the logs and the embers in this fire, right, the heat is going to dissipate and the fire will burn out really quickly. I said, however, if I push it all together, if I stoke all the embers together, this fire will burn brighter, it will burn hotter, and it will burn for a lot longer. Church, it's precisely the same for you and I. You see, we were not made to do life separated or isolated. We were made to do life in community. In community, we were constructed for connection. And so this morning, I want to talk about the power of community. I want to talk about value in connection. And I want to talk about the significance of doing life together. You with me? Beautiful. All right, so the title of my message this morning is Life Elevated. Life Elevated. Now, not only does that seem appropriate because it's the tagline of our state here in Utah, but I actually think that there's something powerful, I think there's something profound and meaningful in it. John chapter 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life, everybody say life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Said differently, one of the primary reasons that Jesus came was so that you and I could do life elevated, so that we could live life better, so that we could live life in all of its fullness. It's one of his primary reasons. Now, I don't know where you're at this morning, but if it's me, and that's the heartbeat of heaven for my life, I don't want like a little piece. I don't want like a part or a slice. Like I want the whole cake. Does that make sense? Like I want the whole thing. And you might say, Interesting. Where is he going with this? What does life elevated have to do with church and community and connection? It's a great question. Church, it matters because we do life better when we do life together. We do life better when we do it together. We were not built to live disconnected. We don't even make it through two chapters. I counted all of them. We don't make it through two chapters of the Bible. God says this, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper for him. And all the men in the room said, amen. Church, we were made for community. We were made for connection. One of the, uh, the TV shows that Ruth and I like to watch is called Alone. Chad, you probably know this. Um, it's epic. 
right? It's a survival competition, right? So basically, if you're not familiar, it's, it's 10 contestants dropped off at separate, remote, wilderness locations, extreme conditions, and they're basically tasked with surviving as long as possible. Now, I love the show, but if I'm honest, I think my wife loves the show because she likes the idea that one day her husband will go compete and she'll get a break. <laughs> Why is that funny? You're rude. But she likes that idea. Listen, they're dropped off in the wild with their outdoor skills to just survive as long as they can with nothing but a backpack and a battle, harsh terrain, extreme weather, aggressive wildlife, no food, no pantry, no cabin to live in, and nobody to chat with. Just survive as long as you can, and you might make half a million dollars. Now, Ruth and I, we love the show. We really do. But what is remarkable to watch is how many people tap out because they cannot handle being alone. They can't handle the loneliness and the isolation. We've seen people crack simply because of the isolation. We've seen people, even the people that were crushing it, right? People that had a really solid shelter, you know, reliable kind of food source. They figured out their water situation. They find their rhythm, but they break because they cannot handle being alone. Why? Because we were made for connection. It's in our very being. We were made for connection. And so that's what I want to talk about. Let me ask you this. When we want to know the pattern for how we walk out our life of faith, who do we look to as the example? Jesus. Five of you know that. The rest of you are like, I don't know. I didn't think this was interactive. I didn't bring notes. Gosh, it's Jesus, right? Now, Jesus, he came here on a mission, big mission, restore relationship with mankind. Restore connection, build, establish connection between humanity and divinity, and, and frankly, close the distance. Think about it. Close the distance between the heavens and the earth. Huge mission, but he's God, right? So we know he could go it alone, still crush it, because he's a baller, right? But he didn't go it alone. I mean, I'm convinced that there are times where it would have, if, if you're asking my opinion, it would have been easier. It would have been more efficient. It would have been a whole lot less hassle and headaches to just do the thing yourself, right? I'm convinced there are times where Jesus looked at the disciples. Really? Really? And they'd be like, hey, Peter, quit with the memes, bro. Simon, I've talked to you about the selfies already. Put your pants on. Like, I'm convinced it would have been easier. He could have went alone, but he didn't. Why? Listen, Jesus didn't go it alone because connection and community are kingdom principles. Connection and community our kingdom principles. You see, Jesus didn't go it alone because he places value in people, not just in purpose, right? He places value in people, not just purpose. That's why even here at Awaken, we will literally tell you, 
You are more important than what you do. You are more important than how you serve. We care more about you than what you do here in the house. Because we place value in people. Jesus comes to the earth to reconcile us to him, gives everything. His dying breath, everything. Why? Because of the value he places on connection. But listen, when I talk about um, connection and community this morning, I need you to understand, I need you to hear this. I'm not talking about like superficial friendships. I'm not talking about artificial relationships. I'm not talking about surface level, right? And you all have seen it. You all know what I'm talking about. Pastor Matt, you know what this is like. Hey man, how you doing? Just blessed and highly favored, brother. What is that? No. Like, or, hey, hey, Pastor Vince, how's the family? I mean, the wheels are coming off, but we're peaches and cream, just living the dream. No, right? But people do that. No, I'm talking about real, gutsy, genuine, honest, gritty, hard, journey life together kind of connections. I'm talking about the valleys and the victories, the the triumphs and the troubles. I'm talking about everything in between. I'm talking about real. You see, for us to live in real connection, we have to allow ourselves to be really seen, truly known in our deepest places, not at a surface kind of level, but deep down where we really live, like the honest us, right? Why? Because, well, the real, the, the, like it's, it's real connection that gives real purpose to relationship. Let that sink in. It's real connection that gives real purpose to relationship. So if you and I want to live life elevated, we got to lean in, right? Are you with me? Is this all right? Don't get quiet on me. All right, so the first point I want to share with you this morning is that if we want to live life elevated, we have to refuse to go alone. Now, when I say refuse, I need you to understand that there's a stubbornness attached to that. I am going to refuse. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go alone. I need you to get some grit, okay? we got to refuse to go alone. And to do that, we've got to overcome some obstacles that get in our way. You see, when it comes to kingdom community, there are obstacles that come against us, obstacles that come in our way. And it's only with with tenacity and faith that we can overcome them, right? So I don't have a lot of time, but let me tackle a few of them this morning. The first obstacle we face is ownership. Seems like an odd thing to say, huh? Ownership. But I want you to think about it like this. Ownership. It's this idea that connection and community are just going to happen as if by magic. They're just going to happen all by themselves. Or perhaps maybe it's this idea that connection, it's someone else's job. Connection and community for my life is someone else's job. It's Chad's job. It's Pastor Vince's job. Someone else, it's his job, her job, their job. It's the church's job. It's the connect group people. It's their job to make it happen for me. Today's Connect Sunday. I don't know if you heard that. But it is Connect Sunday. And listen, Pastor Loren right here can help you out. (laughs) We can help you out. The team can help you out. We can get you connected. But watch this, we can't do it for you. 
it's going to require something. It's going to require some intentionality on your part. We have to take ownership of our role in community. When Ruth and I, we first moved here about 10 years ago. And when we moved here, we didn't know a single person, not one. No friends, no family, no church, no community, nobody. And I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, but the truth is that we spent almost a full year living here without any meaningful connections whatsoever whatsoever I mean we we didn't we dabbled in church I suppose right we'd sneak in right some of you have seen this and then we'd slip out at the end before anyone you know but we never really showed up we never showed up we were spectators we were spectators and and so as we kind of thought about our lives I recognized that by outward appearances, things were looking great. We were doing great. But Ruth and I, we understood, hey, we're not thriving. We're just existing here. And so what we did was we determined we're going to shift our approach. We're going to shift our mindset. We're no longer going to just wait for for connection to happen as if by accident. We're no longer going to wait for relationships to just arrive out of thin air. We're going to change our mindset. We're going to shift our approach. So what do we do? We committed to being at church on a consistent basis. We ended our excuses. And I had a long list of excuses. We decided to join a connect group. We joined a connect group. And listen, slowly we began sharing our hearts, our hopes, and our hurdles with people. We decided we were going to get here early for coffee. We're going to hang out in the lobby afterwards. That's where I met Kelsey and Chad Keddington. We got really intentional about going out to lunch after service and inviting people over for dinner in our home. And listen, like we just took initiative. We We got outside of our comfort zones and we refused to go alone. Now you might say, well, shoot, Rich, that sounds uncomfortable. What if I told you that your best life possible is on the far side of that discomfort? What if I told you that your breakthrough is on the far side of that discomfort? What if I told you all it's going to take is some initiative, some ownership on your part to get to where you want to be? None of it was complicated. It took some effort, some, some, you know, initiative. It took some persistence and patience, but it wasn't hard. But it did change everything. Ruth and I are now doing life here in Utah with some of the best people on this planet. And it's simply because we took some initiative. We took ownership. We took responsibility to establish community and build relationship. That's all we did. We got to take ownership. The second obstacle we face when we refuse to go alone is what I call the allure of isolation. You see... I think that sometimes we can get lulled into this false sense of security with a lie that exists around isolation. And it could be because of, you know, fear or insecurity or apathy. Regardless, it doesn't matter. We get lulled into believing that isolation is the safest place we can be. The safest place we can be. So if I just, if I just stay over here in the fringes, well, then no one will challenge me, right? And I don't have to, I don't, no, no one can stretch me and I don't have, I can stay in my comfort zone. 
Or, or if I just stay over here on the sidelines, well then I don't have to be vulnerable. I don't have to risk anything and no one can hurt me. Maybe if I just stay here in the outskirts, I see you all, then no one can ask anything of me and I don't have to give of myself. If I just keep it nice and superficial, right? Hey man, how you doing? Then no one will ever see me and no one will ever know that oh, I'm not perfect. Church, we've got to understand the goal is not perfection. The goal is connection. The goal is not perfection. The goal is to build connection. You don't need to be perfect, but you do need to be connected. Shoot, sometimes I think we think that living in relational isolation is safe. How many of you know the devil's a liar? How many of you know that isolated is precisely where he wants you located? Why? Because you're an easy target. Don't just take my word for it. You've all seen National Geographic. The lion eats the gazelle. Which one? The one that gets separated. Some of you haven't seen it. Okay. So listen. There's a lion. And the lion's in the bushes. And he's doing the shoulder thing. You know, you know the shoulder thing? He's doing the shoulder thing. And there's a whole bunch of gazelle. They're hanging out. And they're eating. They're having a good time. Then the lion... Jumps out. <laughs> gazelle, freak out. <laughs> Lion chases gazelle. Gazelle run away. Meanwhile, George the gazelle. George is having a good time. I don't want to ruin the story, but George gets eaten. George doesn't make it. There's no sequel to the story. George doesn't make it for the second edition. Listen, don't let the devil rob you of God's best for your life. Relational isolation is not safe. It is not safe. It is not what God planned for you. We saw this. Didn't we see this during 2020? Lockdowns, right? What happened? Suicide, domestic abuse, depression, right? That's what we saw. We saw brokenness. Church, isolation is a breeding ground for shame and insecurity. Isolation is fertile soil for hopelessness, loneliness, brokenness. Isolation is not like, it's the, it's, it's the couch, right, on which we get super comfortable in our faith. And we just, oh, this is great. In our walk of faith, we get complacent. We get comfortable. Church, that is not what we were made for. We were not made to live like that. It's not God's design. But watch this. When we imitate Jesus, when we get serious about community, when we get real in connection, church, that's when we position ourselves to release heaven's influence on the earth. Who's with me this morning? Whew. George should have paid attention. <laughs> Don't be a George. <laughs> One of the, uh, the final challenges we face when we refuse to go alone, and I don't want to race through this, I don't want to skip over this, um, but it's pain. It's pain. 
um, there are some people that are genuinely wounded and still carry those wounds today. Relational wounds. There are people that have hurt you, that have failed you, that have forgotten you, um, that have misunderstood you, abandoned you. Um, And church, I want you to know that's not the heartbeat of God for you. That is not heaven's desire for your life. But it is going to take tenacity to heal and move forward. It's going to take tenacity to heal and press forward. You see, well, let me also say this. If you left, if you walked away from a toxic, abusive, one-sided, dead-end friendship, you won. Okay, hear me. You won. But I was praying about it this week. Um, And if that's you this morning, I believe the word of God for you is go again. It's go again over and over all week long. Go again. Trust again. Try again. Love again. Believe again. Go again. And you might say, Rich, you you don't know what what, what I went through. You don't know what they did. You're right. I don't. But God does. And he's not willing to leave you in that place. And you might say, but Rich, you don't know how bad it hurts. You're right. But God does. And he's unwilling to let it rob you any more than it already has. It's time to go again. The second point I want to share with you is that to live life elevated, we need to find our tribe, find our tribe. Something Dr. Matt said a few years ago to me, and it really stuck, is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Now that, that struck me because it's proven absolutely true in my life. We become like the people that we roll with. We become like them. Even in like surface level stuff, right? I will catch myself. I'm not, this is no lie. I'll be like, shoot. I'm using the same expressions that Pastor Vince uses. Oh. Two days later. Oh, why am I doing that thing that Jason Porter does? I don't, I don't know. Five days, five days later. Why am I painting my toenails like Pastor Loren? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That only happened twice. But listen, I'm telling you, your friends, your closest friends are a window into your future. They're a window. Truth is, I didn't become the man I am today and I didn't get to where I am today by myself. I operate at a different frequency precisely because of the people that I've chosen to do life with. I am who I am because of people of faith, people that have challenged me, encouraged me, sharpened me, supported me, people that have called me out on my BS, my belief systems, my blind spots. Why why are you all judging me? Golly. Mark chapter 2, Jesus heals a paralyzed man because of the faith of his friends. The faith of his friends. Yet you and I are going to believe that who we roll with doesn't matter? Shoot, the keys to your future are in your relationships. They're in your closest connections. There's a really cool story. Pastor Vince and I were talking about this last week about David in 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to jump in at verse 15 real quick 
Check this out. This will wreck you. And David said with longing, Ah, oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem, and they brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but he poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this thing. Is this not the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their own lives? Church, let that, let that sink in. David and his men are surrounded by a garrison of Philistine soldiers. David's a little parched. And so his mighty men break through the enemy lines, risk their own lives without even being asked. Let me ask you this morning, who's fighting in your corner? Who are your three mighty men? Who's got your back? Who's standing in the gap for you? Who's going to battle for you? And who are you going to battle for? So when the chips are down, who's got your back? When you're at your worst, when you've got nothing left to give, who's still standing in your corner? Church, it's in community that we find our tribe. It's in community that we find our people that will break through enemy lines with us and for us. There's a cool Mel Gibson movie called Hacksaw Ridge. I don't know if any of you are familiar, but basically it's based on this true story about Private Desmond Doss. Now, Private Desmond Doss was a medic in the U.S. Army, um, and he wasn't happy being at war, obviously, but he saw his, one of his closest friends. Have we have the photo? Do we have the photo? Yeah. He saw one of his closest friends, Sergeant Hacksaw Hawkins. Who doesn't want that nickname, right? Badly wounded in battle. And so he refused to let his friend die, so he breathed the heel of bullets that were coming at him, ran through it all to get his friend and bring his friend and saved his friend's life. Desmond Doss was awarded the Medal of Honor, highest military honor in the U.S. because of his bravery and his commitment to his friends. You see, I'm not talking about superficial. I'm talking about real. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the number of so-called friends that you may or may not have on Facebook. I'm talking about real connections. It's not about the quantity of friendships that you have. It's about the quality of your connections. And so even in my own life, what I do? Well, I got intentional years ago about doing life with people of faith. And then I just, I just I'll tell you, I look around and I go, okay, who's running the same direction that I'm running? Who's carrying the same passion that I'm carrying? Who's committed to leveling up like I'm committed to leveling up? Who's chasing the same things that I'm chasing? And I do life with them. Today, I have friends that will run through walls with me just because I was intentional about my circle. We need to find our tribe in community. The final point I want to share with you this morning is that we need to let iron sharpen iron. Now listen, I didn't say iron sharpens iron. I said we need to let iron sharpen iron. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Huh. Honestly, I can't, I can't encourage you enough. There's something powerful, something potent in doing life with people of faith. But it's when we find our tribe, that's when the leveling up actually begins through development, through discipleship. It is your secret sauce. Church, it is the keys to your victory. It is the, the catalyst to your advancement. That's how the leveling hap happens. Why? Because you've chosen to do life with people chasing the same things that you're chasing. 
right? You've chosen to do life with people that see you and know you and love you. People that will call the gold out from inside of you. People that are committed to you being your best. You've chosen to run alongside people that will inspire you and require you to level up. People that are not going to let you settle. Quick show of hands. Let's make this interactive. How many of you know who Michelle Basso is? The people that were here last service. <laughs> now, how many of you know? How many of you know who Albert Einstein is? Okay, good. Now, what if I told you that you actually wouldn't know who Albert Einstein was if it wasn't for Michelle Basso? I think we have a photo of them. You see, Basso was actually one of Einstein's closest friends, his closest friends. Two men running in the same direction. You see, Besso was actually there when Einstein faced huge challenges in his career, right? All, this, all these ups and downs, he, but he was his closest confidant. So Einstein had all these, these challenges that he faced, but he had this inner circle, right, of people that stood by him, encouraged him, unwavering support, people that saw the gold, Sometimes, church, you need to find people that have eyes to see the gold on the inside of you. One of those men was Michel Basso, physicist, confidant, engineer. He was a signing board for ideas, right? He was, he was an anchor when Einstein was all over the place in his career. He, was, he discussed different theories and he gave feedback. He bolstered Einstein's confidence, especially when Einstein was getting rejected by the scientific community, because that's crazy. What are you talking about? The two of them, watch this, engaged in spirited debates. They got into it. They got into it. And they fostered this atmosphere of growth and support. What is my point? My point is that it was his closest friends that played a pivotal role in Einstein's growth, development, success, and scientific achievement. There is no Einstein without that inner circle of friends to support him, friends like Michelle Basseau. Even in my own life, I don't want to be the same. I don't want to, I don't want you to meet me two years from now and go, same guy. No, I want to keep leveling up. I want to keep moving forward. I want to not stop. I don't want anything less than God's absolute best for me and for my life. I want the best. And so for that to happen, I have to let people speak into my life. I have to let iron sharpen iron, even if sparks fly. I'll tell you, I am no blacksmith, Pastor Alex, I'm not. But I looked into it. Turns out when iron sharpens iron, sparks fly. Like it's part of the deal. I don't know what that was. It's part of the deal. The truth is I can't become, I can't level up without them. I can't level up without them, without people pouring into me and encouraging me and challenging me, without people pushing me to be the best husband and father and friend and believer and leader that I can be. I can't, I can't be who I wanna be without them pushing me forward in faith and to be completely blunt, holding me back when I'm thinking of doing something stupid. Some of you are like, I don't see that. But I can't, I can't get to where I want to be without them helping me see my blind spots and speaking truth and love. 
I'll also say, by the way, there's, there's a big difference, church, between those that speak truth and love to you and those that love to speak truth to you. Let that sit for a minute. There's a big difference between those that love to speak truth and those that speak truth in love. We need to know the difference, but I can't get to where I wanna be without my people speaking life and hope into the situations and circumstances that I'm facing. I can't get to where I wanna be without them praying for me and encouraging me and telling me, hey, you've got this. You've got this. Hey, I believe you're going to make it through. I can't get to where I want to be without them calling me back to the trail that I know, that they know God has cut out for me in my life. I can't do it. Church, listen, if we want to live life elevated, we got to refuse, refuse to go alone. We've got to find our tribe and we've got to let iron sharpen iron. You might say, okay, ready. I am ready. I feel inspired. Ready. What's connect? It's a good question. It's a good question. Listen, connect is where we cultivate community and discipleship and growth in our church. Now I'll warn you, we do not sit around, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. If that's your thing, connect may not be for you. Connect No, we've got groups all over the valley that meet, that do life together, laugh together, eat together. All the things, the the tacos and barbecue together. We had one group, we had one group that were having such a good time that the neighbors started like peeking over. Like, can we, can we, can we join? They're not even part of our church yet. No. In Connect, we talk about life. We talk about the highs and the lows. We, we, we encourage each other. We support each other when the going gets tough. One of our groups, they, they, they rallied together to buy a car for a single mom who was struggling. Radically changed her life. In Connect, we sharpen one another. We challenge one another as iron sharpens iron. We stand together in faith and we believe for the impossible. In one of our groups, we had, a, we had a, a woman that was struggling with arthritis in her hands for years. And all she wanted to do was be able to play violin again and paint again. Today, she's doing those things. Radical healing radically changed her life. Listen, connect. Connect, sure. Connect's where we find our tribe. But connect is also where we see God unlock his plans and his purposes for us. And you might say, okay, I'm ready to get plugged in. How do I do that? How do I do it? We made it really simple. (laughs) There are cards on your seat. There's a team at the back. We have the best people in all of Salt Lake City to help you out. Fill in a card, go back there, get get connected. If you find yourself surrounded by balloons, probably unhealthy food and free coffee, you're in the right spot, right? But listen, I'll tell you this. The team can help you. They can answer your questions, but they can't sign up for you. It's gonna take some get up and go on your part. It's gonna take some intentionality. We gotta get through it. We gotta refuse to go alone. Am I right? Listen, I would call that winning. Some people say I'm biased, but I call it winning. Why don't we stand to our feet as we bring this thing into line? Listen, there are, uh, we can talk about community, connection, but the connection that matters most 
is getting our hearts in alignment, getting ourselves in alignment with Christ, getting connected to Christ. So if you're here this morning and you don't yet know what it means to walk out this life of faith that I'm talking about, or perhaps you once committed your life, but if you're honest, you may be taking some steps back from that. That's okay. But if you're here and you wanna commit your life to Jesus, you wanna live life elevated, you wanna step into the plans and the purposes and recommit your life afresh with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna encourage you this morning, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to shoot up a quick hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out. I'm, I'm just trying to know who I'm praying with. On the count of three, one, two, three, all across this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So good. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, y'all can look up at me. If you're here and you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have, I want you to meet with our team. Our team is gonna connect with you. They're gonna get some resources to you and and help you with your your next steps. But I don't wanna rush to the end of service. I I wanna tackle a second group of people. I think there are people that are here that are still wrestle, they're still in the wrestle with past wounds and past hurts from past relationships that went sideways. I said already, that's not the heartbeat of heaven towards you, but there is healing for you today. Maybe, maybe at one point you've aligned with, this, with a lie that people will always let me down, that I have nothing to give, that life is safer isolated. Church, I want to encourage you, if that's you today, I'm going to invite our ministry team up to the front. They're going to want to pray with you, but let's not leave here the same. Let's not leave here the same. If that's you this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask you just to shoot up a quick hand. I'm going to pray for us all. If that's you in the count of three, one, two, three, all across this room. Beautiful. You know who you are. You know what you've been carrying. You know that there's a weight on your shoulders that you were not made to carry any longer. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. I thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good. All right, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you, God, that you work together through all things, through all things, for our good, for our advancement. I thank you that you're on our side, that you're committed to helping us live free and free indeed, that you didn't make us to carry the wounds of yesterday, but you wanna call us forward into tomorrow, free, full, whole and alive. I thank you, God, that today we can break agreement with any lies we've made and step into all that you've made for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.